0: Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Dr. Sophia Yen, the co-founder and CEO of Pandia Health, the only doctor-led, women-founded, end-to-end solution for birth control. And in this episode, we go through how she's building a brand to serve the needs of women, going through how she started the company, how they fundraise the business model behind Pandia Health, how technology now gives women the ability to essentially turn off their period, and so much more discussed in this episode. If you have an active prescription at a pharmacy or you have a doctor send it in, the delivery service is actually free with Pandia Health. And if you need a prescription for Arizona, California, Florida, Texas, Wyoming people, Pandia Health provides a doctor consult for $20. You can enter code just go grind for $5 off your telemedicine visit if you have insurance, the medications are free, no copay, no deductible. If you do not have insurance, most pill packs are around $15. As always, the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast. You can support the show by leaving a rating and review over in Apple Podcasts. Without further ado, here is Dr. Sophia Yen, co-founder and CEO of Pandia Health. Dr. Sophia, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: <laughs> yes, and so great to have you on. And i like to start with an overview of the company's first. So, so tell me a little bit more about Pandia Health.
1: Yeah, so about six years ago, I was giving a talk to a bunch of doctors. Why don't those pesky women take their birth control? What is their problem? (laughs) (laughs) And one of the top reasons was they didn't have it in their hand. They didn't have time to freak out, and they do freak out every single month about running to the pharmacy, getting their medication, and coming back home. And we forget that um, you have to do this for 20 to 40 years of your life. Run to the pharmacy, get your medication, but also have this Subliminal, always in the back of your head. If I don't get to the pharmacy by the end of month, there will be a dire situation. <laughs> <laughs> and so, my friend Pearl and E and I were like, "We can solve this. We'll just ship it to women and keep shipping it to them until they tell us to stop. And this way, women will never run out of birth control on Pandia Health Watch." And then when we ran ads for free birth control delivery, 60% of the women that responded didn't have a prescription. And I'm like, do you not know in the United States you need a prescription for prescription birth control? But these women came. And as an entrepreneur, I was like, I don't want to miss out on 60% of the customers. So I'm a doctor. I can write prescriptions. And thus Pandia Health was born, the end-to-end solution for birth control from an online doctor's visit if you need it. If you don't need it, we're happy to just do the delivery, which is what we were originally founded to do, and we'll send you a month, three months, six months, a year, whatever you're willing to pay for, or we bill it to your insurance. And under the Affordable Care Act, No copay, no deductible for any FDA-approved birth control, as long as you're not like demanding, I want this name brand when there's a (laughs) generic available. And um, that's Pandia Health. Came up with the name, uh, chose specifically, we're about women's empowerment. So Pandia is the Greek goddess of healing, light, full moon. And then I made up the definition, I think it was fate this company needed to happen. Pan is every and dia is day so we have you covered Amazing. every day set it and forget it let pandia worry so you don't have to
0: well that's about it that's perfect uh <laughs> I love it. That's so great. It's such an easy kind of uh, convenient thing for women, which is always needed. I mean, it's amazing how many products and founders have had on where it's like, wait, why did this not exist before? Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just like it's amazing. We're in 2020, and some of these companies haven't been around. And and to that point, when you were testing this out, I mean, did you know right away? Like, let's just get this in front of people with an ad and see if people would even click through. Like, how did you decide to test it with ads immediately?
1: Yeah. So that's the beauty of ads is you can run, you know, Google. AdWords and see what people click on. You can also do it on Facebook. You can do it on instant. You can do it with a very low budget, right? And then the other part was polling women. So we sent out a survey to 100 women age 25 to 35 who are currently on the pill patch ring to see what are your barriers to getting birth control. And one of the top ones was ran out of my medication, uh, prescription expired. We take care of that with the online doctor's visit. Pharmacy has inconvenient hours. We're 24 seven because you know, you can text us, you can leave us a message, you can do whatever you want, but it's once you set it, it's set for the next year until you tell us to stop. And then um, <laughs> the other one that I think is rarely seen is when you ask a patient or a customer, do you want this service? 85% said, sign me na- sign me up now or yes. And that's because why go to the pharmacy and risk at this time getting infected by COVID, somebody coughing on you, but also women face sometimes, you know, slut shaming. It's just like when a guy goes to get condoms, right? Yeah. If your boss or the checkout lady or the pharmacist is like, Sophia. You here again for birth control, right? <laughs> and then the whole neighborhood knows because Channing Nancy behind you is like, oh, Sophia was at the pharmacy for birth control, you know?
0: <laughs> and, and Sophia, with this as well, so that was the you be, you're able to test this pretty easily because if people don't know, like I said, ads are such a simple and really cheap way to at least gauge demand from like an initial product something like this, for instance. You have such a great reaction to this. I mean, what were some of the first things you did then to make this into a real company? I mean, it's been around four years or so now. Like, what were some of the first things you did to get off the ground?
1: Yeah. So for me, it was really important to put together all the elements of the team and to do it in a safe manner. So the original founding team had myself, a physician, had a CEO, my sorority sister, to handle anything that I didn't want to handle or that she's just very anal retentive and could do everything and do the Excel spreadsheets and lay out everything. We had our CTO, we had our head of marketing. And we also had Perla, original founder slash advisor, and uh, I don't know if I mentioned pharmacist. So we are the only women-founded, women-led, the only doctor-led company in birth control delivery because we felt it needed to be women-founded, women-led. And I love to say I live Breathe, eat, and prescribe birth control. So I have skin <laughs> in the game. I know the product. I know the market. And I have two daughters. So I'm doing this to make their lives better. I'm doing this to make anybody with a uterus's life better so they don't have this extra burden on their brain. I actually coined the term pill anxiety and I've never heard it used in medicine. But once you say it, you totally get it. If you imagine a pack of pills with four rows of seven pills, and as you get to that last week, if you don't get to the pharmacy, there will be a dire consequence. <laughs> and women yeah. suffer this every month for 20 to 40 years of their lives.
0: In the initial stages of this, so when you read the ads to test it, and then you built this team around it, did you kind of do the, the same thing to get the word out as you progress in terms of just, just more like a customer acquisition strategy through, through advertising? Or how has that, that evolved with Pandia Health as you've gone along?
1: Yes. So, you know, I think, as I mentioned, and as you've suggested, it's easy to get out a little bit through ads, but it is very pricey. And so one advantage we have is that I can create content like no one else because I've been doing birth control and reproductive rights for 20 plus years. Years and so, (laughs) yeah. So if you look, we have a ton of Q and A. We have a ton of frequently asked questions. uh, Many blogs. We have two hundred thousand views on some of our views on YouTube with no promotion whatsoever because we know the questions that customers ask and we answer them. And I know the the stressors that women have and we try to address those. So it's speaking to women, but also having that domain expertise that no other company has.
0: Yeah, that's the advantage of the team you've built, obviously, is having that domain <laughs> expertise. And if you think about on the SEO side of things, like the long tail and these different queries that women will be asking, you have such a, a grasp on that from your experience that then you answer these questions. And then on the content side, obviously, it's working really well. And that can be a, a much cheaper acquisition channel than, than doing paid, especially because then people come back again and again for, for years on the SEO side of things.
1: Yes. And at Pandia Health, we're starting with birth control, but our plan is to grow with women as they grow. So we are building the brand that women trust. And we feel, again, as the only women found and women-led, the only doctor-led company, that we have the credibility and the expertise to do that.
0: And with that, Dr. Sophia, then what, how are you looking at what are the, the next products to offer or how are you prioritizing them? Because there could be a number of different ones. How do you look at that?
1: Yeah, so my background is adolescent medicine, and I'm board certified in adolescent medicine. I'm a clinical associate professor at Stanford. I'm on the American Academy of Pediatrics section on adolescent health. So adolescent health is sex, drugs. Rock and roll, a little acne, and a little sports medicine. And so I love the reproductive health aspect. And then the next step would be acne, very easy to do. And then um, I'm on the older menopausal side. So all my friends are pushing for menopause and wrinkle cream. And the interesting thing is that menopause and wrinkle cream, exact same medication as birth control and acne, just different doses. So the contraindications for that or the things you got to look out for and you shouldn't prescribe people this medication. Smoking, history of blood clots, breast cancer, liver are the same. And so we can actually repurpose the questionnaires that we use for birth control, add a couple of nuanced questions for menopause and whip that out quickly.
0: Yeah, it makes it so much easier to d- develop products that way uh, and to get that feedback directly from customers to figure out then what you uh, need to create. And, and one thing I want to go back to with Pandia Health as well, uh, on the funding side of this, when you had this idea, I mean, how early did you end up deciding that, okay, we're going to need funds to really get this off off the ground?
1: Yeah. So as many startups, you know, you know it's a startup and you're going to have to suck it up for the first couple of months. But Um, we did lose one of our original founders because she needed a full salary to take care of her Palo Alto house and her kid. And, and, you know, you can't live in the Bay area uh, without a two dual salary and a high paying two dual salary. (laughs) And so unfortunately we lost her early on. We had to part ways because we only had five to 10 customers to begin with. So we couldn't justify a full-time pharmacist. Um, and so we knew we had to just suck it up and luckily for the beginning team we were able to suck it up for like the first 3 months but then we had to immediately get some angel investors in and then of course you know put in my own skin in the game and then hit up friends and family so as i like to say <laughs> i would rather die than not pay back my investors cuz they're family and if you don't pay back family it's deeply embarrassing but i am highly motivated to pay back all of my investors. But um, the caveat is, again, as the only doctor-founded company, we will always tell you what's best for your health. Even if it doesn't benefit our bottom line, we will make money for our investors. But we yeah. don't have to do it by pushing something that's not in your interest or withholding information from you.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's obviously great to hear. And and what is then the, the business model behind Pandia Health as well, Dr. Sophia?
1: Yeah, so the business model is the same as any other pharmacy. The difference between the price that your insurance will pay for it and what we can source the medication at. And the beautiful thing about birth control is once you start, I know when you're going to need it for, you know, the next 20 years. And I could literally ship it to you, meaning put it on a ship because I have three weeks to get it to you. And, yeah. and so the overhead and the warehousing is less because I can order it, get it in three days and then ship it to you, not by ship. But we use the U.S. <laughs> postal. And I love to say nor rain, nor sleet, nor snow is going to block your birth control because we use the USPS.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And making sure that people will definitely then get their product that they need. Obviously, every uh whatever where, the cadence is, depending yes. on what they need. But um, yes. and with that as well, then. So as you going back to the fundraising uh, point for a second, there raised a couple million dollars. You mentioned the the angels. Did you take on institutional investors as well? Then
1: yes. So the first round, you know, friends and family. Then the second round. Um, I've been blessed to have several. Uh, incubators accelerators um, under my belt and supportive of me so women's startup lab which is you know a women's um, startup accelerator based in the valley very unique in that you live there for two weeks very intense and then springboard enterprise a group of very powerful women mainly in the east coast but now that they've expanded into health uh health health tech And then um, lastly, StartX, which is Stanford's startup accelerator. And at the time, they had the StartX fund, which is they would match 10% of every round through Series A. They've since closed the fund, but being able to start out and say, Stanford's in for 10%, you want to join the game? So, (laughs) uh, And then uh, got... Uh, Charles Hudson of Precursor Ventures, love him, love his yeah. team. They are just, it's an honor to be with all the companies because every company he touches is beautiful and magical. And uh, he's just <laughs> a great guy. And Sydney, his uh, second in charge is amazing. And they're just good people. And then Electus Capital out of uh, New Zealand slash Australia has been huge. And that came through um, a springboard enterprise contact.
0: Yeah, I just want to vouch for Charles as well. He actually uh, signed up at some point. He's going to be on the show. I know he's already agreed to it. Uh, he's right. awesome. He's, he's invested in a number of companies I've interviewed. Um, very early stage, obviously. Very early stage. But he yes. takes those risks in the founders. And um, I want to say it was Zuleika Straussner from Zero who just raised a couple million. She had him as one of her earlier investors. And she also raved about him as being just a fantastic investor and in person to know as a friend uh, yes. as well, which is, which is great to hear because uh, there can be investors who are not that way, let's just say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and and with that then too so once you had raised the int, institutional round then uh, i'm curious as, like what the use of funds was was that mostly on the team side of things or what was that for
1: I would say that the team has stayed solid for the past four years, and I really like this team that we've built. We have switched out the COO. We've homegrown our marketing. We tried farming out the marketing, but the beauty is we had somebody who understood social media within. So our head of marketing has just been great at producing content. So we'll take a video um, from a Facebook, Instagram live, chop it up, put it on YouTube, uh, transcribe it, put it on our blog and then do little clips for ads that we can do as well on Instagram or TikTok. So it's just, she's been amazing and I'm really proud that she has risen to the occasion. We've spent a lot of money on customer acquisition. As I mentioned, Facebook, Google AdWords is expensive and um, more as more competition enters the market. But luckily from our organic, 70% of our customers come through our organic.
0: Wow. <laughs> that, that, that's incredible. And on the organic side, then diving just a little bit deeper into that. So repurposing content is a huge strategy and it makes a lot of sense if you can do it. I'm curious as to how you think about the cadence of 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 content strategy uh, as that's a huge part of your business in terms of, I mean, thinking about we need to just produce a video every week, every day. Like, how do you go about like, strategizing on that?
1: Yes. So I think we just had a ton of content in the beginning because I am a Quora top writer and oh, I've yes. just been <laughs> I've been answering questions about birth control, you know, for the past 20 plus years. And I went to MIT, so I like technology. And so I was answering, I forget it was Yahoo Answers or, you know, whatever, <laughs> Ask Jeeves. Jeeves so yeah. I have all <laughs> these answers to all these birth control questions. And I was like, if I wrote them, they're my property, so we're just going to throw them all um, on Pandia Health. And so we we seeded it with a lot of the Q and A and the frequently asked questions, and then we chose um, blog pieces. We're trying to get out, you know, one to three blog pieces a week, depending on if we have interns. We really like marketing interns, journalism interns, as well as premed interns, because then they can do it from the doctor side, and we can make sure that our information is medically accurate. Um, In terms of video, we're doing once a week. And in fact, today at five o'clock Pacific time in Espanol, and then at 530 in English, I think I'm one of the few I'm willing to take on any birth control CEO and have a Spanish battle. And I'm pretty (laughs) sure I'll beat them.
0: I love it. And we'll see if anyone takes you up on that. <laughs> yes, the gauntlet
1: is thrown. I took I 10 it. years of Spanish in public school and four, well, six years in public school and four years at MIT.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. And one thing I want to talk about as well is, is, is thinking about kind of current times. We're recording this uh, in October of 2020, the whole telemedicine, how that's evolved with COVID. How has that impacted Pandia Health?
1: COVID has been a boon. To telemedicine and delivery. Those are the two hot areas that are surviving in this startup world, in this remote world. And I just think it's really important for people to know from the physician point of view, the limitations of telemedicine and to make sure that you're getting quality telemedicine. So if you're going to your regular doctor and they've switched to telemedicine, I assume you looked into the credentials of the doctor that you originally chose, go right ahead. But if you're choosing between two companies that you don't know about, one, who is the CEO? What is their interest? Have they taken the oath? Do no harm. Because I have. And again, we're the only doctor-led company in birth control delivery. Uh, Two, are they providing informed consent? Because If they're not run by a physician, they may not know the standard of care is to provide the same care to the best of your ability that you would provide in your office. But more importantly, a huge tenant of medicine is informed consent, which is I have to give you all your options, not just the options that make me money, because as a doctor, I can write whatever prescription you want to whatever pharmacy I want. From the pharmacy side of my company, I can choose only to fill the ones that I make money off of. But during your telemedicine visit, I should offer you the pill, the patch, the ring. And if I omit some of them, and you may want to check some of my competitors, then that is not standard of care. And that is not informed consent. And never have I been in a doctor's office where they're like, do you want this specific drug? They're <laughs> like, do you want a you know s- cholesterol-lowering drug? Do you want a vaginal ring? Do you want a pill? Not this name brand drug. If your doctor's doing that, That's not standard of care. During a telemedicine visit, if they're like, you want this vitamin? You know, uh, vitamins (laughs) are not FDA approved. Uh, They're not run by the FDA to my understanding or any supplements. Um, And therefore, as a physician, we will say, you need some vitamin D, you need a multivitamin, but I won't be like this specific brand, right? And then um, it should never be opt out. It should always be opt in. And the example there is, I'm going to give you this female condom unless you say no. You qualify for a free female condom, but did you ask for it? Did you really want it? And did you actually know what a female condom is? Because in my 20 plus years of medicine, I've never met a heterosexual female that uses the female condom. So certainly, you know, one in a hundred, one in a thousand, but not like 30% of your customers getting a female condom.
0: Dr. Sophia, on that note, with with the providers, I'm curious. How did you go about these these partnerships with it? Because obviously you're talking about the standard of care and everything. Like On the provider side, how did you go about these relationships and these partnerships with them, especially early on when you were just kind of getting started with this?
1: Yes. So our model is different in that these doctors are working for Pandia Health. We are not contract. We, they are contractors, but it's not like a partnership. Like we found this private practice and we're making friends with them. It's more I'm recruiting you to join the team that's here to make women's lives better. We're about Care, convenience, confidentiality, and access. And do you want to join this team that's the only doctor-led company in this space that you can trust us, then I'm not going to screw you and you're going to lose your license. And so we are well lawyered up. We have a telemedicine doctor <laughs> lawyer. We have a, a a pharmacy lawyer. We have a non-conflict of interest between pharmacy and doctor lawyer. We have a startup lawyer because as a person who had to go through med school residency fellowship and has an academic title, I will not lose my license and I do not want our company to get uh, sued. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's probably pretty important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness, there's a lot, a lot at stake there. At least when it comes to that, obviously, which is why you have just mentioned these number of different people uh, on the team as well. And and with the team side, as the company has grown, how has that evolved in ter- terms of who you're looking for, in terms of teammates and like, the culture fit at, for Pandia Health as well?
1: Yeah, I think culture fit is important. You know, if you don't, if you're anti birth control, not a fit. If you're anti woman, <laughs> woman's empowerment, not a fit. Um, we that that is our goal is to make women's lives better. In terms of the team, we absolutely have had to grow um, from our one CTO to uh, two others. We're really proud to have Elliot Blatt. 10X programmer, as we call him, and um, then picked up PCCN, my MIT alumnus. His wife wanted to invest in us, and instead of investing, she gave us him. (laughs) And so um, he's a co-founder of Jigsaw for those people who are in tech and understand that company, which sold itself to Salesforce. So it's an honor to have his caliber of programmer with his experience. He's also has HIPAA compliance experience, which is important for a health company. Uh, Join our team. And then we've picked up a UI, UX uh, person, which is critical when you're doing a direct to consumer company. You want stuff to look good, to make sense and to be easy to use. Our marketing team, as I mentioned, we farmed it out in the past. We've brought it in, and now we brought it in and supplemented it with you know, Google AdWords uh, experts such as UpGrow. And then Sneha is a great uh, contributor to our team, both in strategy but also Facebook, uh, Instagram. And then uh, my, my chief of staff has just been amazing. She herself has, Susanna Craig, um, one of the few, I think, Latina – chief of staff or C-suite players again in birth control delivery. So we are diverse, we're about diversity and we're about women's empowerment.
0: And one of the things you mentioned there, Dr. Sophia, is just going back to the point of kind of in-house versus outsourcing the the marketing side of it, as you've gone through that, because I know a lot of other entrepreneurs are going through this this kind of same thing. Do we have an internal team? Do we have it outsourced? Do we have a mix? How did you think through that process?
1: It's been experimental, right? We tried yeah. um, we tried outsourcing it and, and I think for the you know organic it should be in-house. For Facebook, Google AdWords, I've learned that, you know, in the beginning you could learn it yourself and hack it yourself, but there comes a level and an expense that you want somebody who knows how to do it, knows all the little secrets and the tweaks that they've been doing for five to 10 years that your person may pick up or may not, but it's more cost effective to have somebody who really knows what they're doing. But you also need to, you know, choose your teams wisely that they aren't Overstretched, right? If you're paying a little bit of money and you're only ten percent of their mind share or one of thirty companies, God forbid, not that we ever use a company like that, but it's definitely possible. Then it's an issue, right?
0: Yeah, that becomes really tricky. To your exact point, like understanding the companies you work with, you're not the only ones in their lives, unfortunately. Uh, So you may not get all the attention for it. But I think it's a good point. Of they, one one point, it's always been made for agencies is like the experience they have across. Uh, Working with a number of clients to get certain insights from that to then get better, obviously, at running campaigns, which you may not have from an in-house perspective, but they don't have the same expertise on the actual subject matter that you have in-house. So it is kind of a back and forth of deciding uh, what route to go. Uh, And I've I've worked at an agency before, and I've interviewed people who have had both sides of that. There's no right answer. It is kind of testing and at different stages of the company, it also evolves as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, which Which so much. There are so many decisions to be made, Sophia, <laughs> of course, all the time. And on, on that note, kind of today in the company, you know, a few years in already, of course, what are some of the things you're mostly working on at this point, Dr. Sofia?
1: At this point, we're working at expanding. So currently we can deliver to all 50 states and we can prescribe in five. So California, Florida, Texas, and then we added on Arizona and then Wyoming simply because we had a connection that could get us there and up and going. And uh, we want to be in all 50 states and I'm sort of a control freak. So I was like, I want to own all of the medical groups and then we'll expand. But a faster way to expand is uh, to partner with a local private practice. Um, I forgot to mention that, you know, we specifically choose people that are passionate physicians, that are passionate about women's reproductive rights, women's access to birth control, and who have experience and academic credibility. So when you're choosing telemedicine, do they list the doctors on the website? not the chief medical officer, not the picture of a female physician that they had consult on their flow, but (sighs) who's actually writing you the prescription? Who's actually thinking this through and looking at the side effects and there to help you when things go wrong? Because you don't want a algorithm per se doing that. You want a person who has 20 plus experience doing this and as i like to say i've written 2000 birth control prescriptions in the past 2 years and i've seen Ooh. the side effects from it and so again uh, as the only i think academic physician founded and led company in this space i'm a clinical associate professor at stanford and i've written papers and so i know how to do research and data and you know compare the science we're looking at We noticed that academically, most people write this birth control pill, and that's the one we were taught in med school was a good one. But when you actually put it in practice, we noticed that Latinas, African-Americans, and Asians did better on this one. And that if you want to skip your periods, which we're trying to educate women about, hashtag periods optional, that this drug works better. And before we would prescribe the other one because it was cheaper and we're trying to save people money, but now the prices have all turned the same. So why give somebody this one that has more breakthrough bleeding and doesn't work for ethnic minorities as well compared to this other one? And then we're asking our customers to self-report their ethnic, um, so- I like data. The more data, the better. So we break (laughs) down not just black or African-American, we break down Asian, Pacific Islander to all the subgroups so that we can look at is there a specific difference for Taiwanese, Vietnamese, for, you know, France versus, you know, Ireland versus whatever, and then a combination thereof.
0: Yeah, and actually, I interviewed someone uh, this, this morning, uh, an educational company called Guru's, uh, Scott Lee, and it, it's like the idea of just personalized education, personalized health, per, every, yes. like everything's being personalized because everyone is different. Everyone learns different. Everyone reacts to different drugs or whatever it may, may be different, and I think as we as, as technology kind of advances, you see more and more people providing that in different spaces, and one of the things you brought up, Dr. Sophia, was uh, this idea of like skipping periods and this idea of education educating women around that. What would you want women to know? Women to know. I mean, on that note, as you're kind of uh, thank you so
1: much for this opportunity. Uh, My passion is and new mission in addition to bringing birth control to wherever women have internet and a mailbox and then expanding to all of women's health for their, as I call it, uterine lifetime from age 14. Well, you always have a uterus, but in terms of your uterus irritating <laughs> you or bothering you or causing you something from age 14 to you know 55 and even 60 and then on, is anybody with a uterus, if you're bleeding one week out of four, We now have the technology to turn that off and it will result in decreased endometrial ovarian colorectal cancer. It will result in less anemia, iron deficiency. The number one cause of missed school and work in a woman under the age of 25, her periods. And we can turn that off. Uh, The number one cause of anemia in a menstruating woman, menstruation. (laughs) And so we can make those with uteruses' lives better.
0: On that note, Dr. Sophia, I mean, how are you innovating in the space or innovating within the actual the, the kind of the products themselves or what are you seeing within that as well? Yes.
1: So one thing we wanna do is destigmatize birth control. And um, we want to make birth control no longer birth control. We call the progesterone only pill, the progesterone only pill, POP. But we call birth control pills OCP, oral contraceptive pill. And as soon as you put the word contraception, it has stigma, it becomes politicized, and that's unfortunate. But if we call it estrogen progesterone pill, EPP, then it has no contraception, it has no stigma. And to realize that 70% of women using the birth control pill use it for non-contraceptive benefits in addition to contraceptive benefits. And one of them, as I mentioned, is horrible, painful periods, heavy periods causing anemia, acne, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which affects one in 10 women. If you wanna learn more, Google Pandia Health PCOS. There's a great talk I did for Stanford on it. And then, um, endometriosis mainly, you know, there are so many things that quote birth control pills are used for that are not for birth control. And if the affordable care act gets reversed and that coverage gets taken away, women will have an extra, I think it's like, I think it was like 1.6 billion or $6 million burden because of that. And it's just not fair, you know, that It takes two to tango, two to have sex. Why should the one with the uterus have to pay for all the costs?
0: Yeah, it doesn't quite seem right, does it, Dr. Sophia? No. I'm curious, just to take a a giant step back, how did you decide to get into medicine in the first place, Dr. Sophia? Uh,
1: as a Asian American, my future options were, as they say, doctor, lawyer, engineer, um, but mainly because I like science. I find the human body amazing, all that it does, all the organs and how it all functions together and all the different cells and the immunity, and I find people fascinating. So if you just like science, get a PhD, work at a bench, do some research one aspect of it. Um, if you like people, then medicine is a great place to be because every person has their story and every person you can help with the knowledge that you gain as a physician, as a healthcare provider. So to me, I went into medicine because I like science and I like people and I like the do good
0: and from that, you've, you've actually been a part as well of co founder another number of different organizations in the, in the past. I'm curious as to how all of that, so all your experience early on combined with your experience at founding other companies has influenced how you run Pandia Health.
1: I think that, you know, I, Pandia Health is the culmination. Of my career because I started helping people one-on-one as a physician. Then I was a professor teaching the future of physicians. And now Pandia Health brings access to any woman in the United States as long as you have internet and a mailbox to get your birth control. So it's growing bigger, helping more people. Also being, you know, a founder of other nonprofit organizations, as well as for-profit organizations, gaining that experience in those fields. So I was, you know, treasurer of almost every organization in high school (laughs) and college, and there was some serious financials for my sorority. Um, I was VP of... um, I think there was VP of disbursements, money coming in and money coming out. And so I was disbursements. But I've also done my parents' financials, um, their personal, <laughs> since fourth grade. And they had me train what? with their accountant. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm very proud to say I balance Pandia Health's checkbook every month to the penny.
0: Wow. Wait a whole lot in fourth grade. How did?
1: Yeah, it's basic. It's addition and subtraction, and also a little calendar where you schedule the bills and you put in all the bills. And I still do that today. I have a daily calendar where I put all the bills, and I you can choose um, you know random tip for everybody. You choose uh, Saturday, Sunday, because that's when most of us get our stuff together, and you do it the week before the bills due, and you put all the ones that are upcoming on that day, and then on one day a week you deal with it. And yeah. I'm very savvy with respect to money because my joke was in not joke, but theme in high school. Yen equals money equals treasure. So um, <laughs> I like math. I like money. That's where the power is. And yeah. so um, schedule your stuff once a week. Get a a high interest earning savings account. I actually had somebody audit our books, and they're like, "You made like five thousand dollars last year in interest," and I was like, "Yeah." Because I put it in an interest earning savings account and then I transferred it once a week whenever I wrote the check. And, And I was like, don't all the startups do that? And they're like, no. And I was like, that's because they don't have the accounting background that I have.
0: <laughs> well, now you shared this, so others will have that. So thank yes. you, Doctor Sophia. I appreciate <laughs> that. And also what I'm really curious about is for other entrepreneurs interested in getting involved in whether it be telemedicine, healthcare, and this space in general, Any anything you'd say to them, any suggestions you make, and it's obviously you're running a very unique company with having doctors, physicians leading the way in this space, but for others, interested, you know, other entrepreneurs interested in getting involved in this space, what would you tell them?
1: I would say strongly consider having a physician founder or making sure that that person has skin in the game and is thinking of you 24-7. And that's the difference between a doctor-founded, doctor-led company than one who just hires a CMO who might be working part-time for you. Because I'm living, breathing, thinking Pandia Health 24-7 and always coming up with new ideas, new products. And part of the startup life is always improving, always making things better. So when people ask me, what is the moat as new people enter the field? I have four years on you, of yeah. asking patients questions, asking them correctly, asking the right questions. And also I've built you know, the team of great physicians. We're very proud of our physicians. We list their first and last name, all of their training and why they're passionate to work at Pandia Health. So make sure whatever telemedicine company you use that they list the doctor's first and last name. And if they don't, you got to wonder why.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and Dr. Sophia, what is kind of the the big vision for Pandia Health the next, you know, five, 10 years and beyond?
1: Yeah. So as I mentioned, we are building the brand that women trust with their health. And so we're starting with birth control, but you can envision us growing with women as they grow. So we can do pre and postnatal vitamins. We can refer you to our friend over here who does a breast pump. We can refer you over here to our friend that does infertility. And then from the investor side, we have a box going to women's doors every month, every three months, every six months. And the woman's like, thank goodness, my birth control is here and ooh, here's a new makeup, here's a new cookie, here's a new toothpaste, here's a new dental floss. You may be advertising on Facebook, Google, AdWords, Insta, but do they get to taste, feel, and try your product? we allow that opportunity. Right now we're partnering with female founded, but female focused companies that have products and we're sticking them in there for free. And our customer's like, Ooh, I love this new makeup. I love this new toothpaste. I love this new detergent. But in the future, you can imagine that we're going to charge. So we have uh, the woman for life. That is our goal to be your buddy from age 14 until the end of time. And then to have a box going to your door every month, every three, every six months. It's a recession proof subscription.
0: And I I really like what you mentioned there with, kind of you're basically leveraging what your strengths are. And your strengths are that one, obviously having a, a rock star team that then leads you to having women on board because they trust you. And once you have that trust built as well and offering something they need and they, they love every single month, it's like there's so many ways to grow beyond that, where you see some startups who don't necessarily have that same customer focus or the where customers are kind of obsessed with them. Uh, they're not able to do as much because they're not as flexible as you mentioned in terms of being recession proof of sorts, because you've really focused on the customer. I just wanted to highlight that point as well. And and for you, Dr. Sophia, as, as a founder, what has been most helpful, uh, whether it be a pr- business or professional, uh, business or personal, I mean, a book that uh, you would suggest to others?
1: There are so many books that I have in my bathroom. I can picture them right now. There's like <laughs> 10 of them. And then I have little scraps of paper that I put in there to mark all the important pages. Um, for really beginners, I love Jason Calacanis's Angel book. And then yeah. there is the one, I suck with names and exact titles, right. but the hard part of running hard a startup. Hard thing hard things. Yes, thank you. Thank you. That <laughs> yep. one's good. And then by Robin Farman-Farmahian, which is how to build your kind of influencer brand. And then, of course, the Zappos book, Bringing happiness. um, And we are about customer service. If you look at our Google reviews, I'm not kidding. We have five out of five. And I don't say five out of five because no one will believe you, but it was (laughs) 4.9. And 4.9 is what I put on the slide. But technically, it's five out of five if you look at the site. So I'm like very proud of my team and um, my patient care advisors that have been able to accomplish that.
0: Absolutely. that's that's amazing and and with having a startup and, and you know you mentioned kisses you're thinking of pandia health 24/7 how do you recharge or step away from work
1: <laughs> yeah I I don't necessarily suggest you do what I do a lot <laughs> of people do it a lot healthier they do exercise I am a absolute couch potato um, I should do more exercise I used to take a Pilates class but then covid and then um, oh, COVID. Yeah, COVID.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and COVID I, for everything is yes, the answer. Is, yeah.
1: the, is the answer of sadness. And yeah. then um, I, the, you know, the joke is on the East Coast, people go to therapy. On the West Coast, we get a massage. Again, COVID. And so um, <laughs> I'm also an obesity expert, so that might be somewhere we'll go in the future. So, But d- food is not love. Time and money is love, is what I say, but I really do love food. So um, donuts, <laughs> shaved ice, boba, um, but and then video games. Um, we found some great group video games with our whole family. So it's my husband, myself, and my two daughters playing Ooh, Butter nice. Royale. We are absolutely addicted, but uh, <laughs> ring fit is a way to to build video game plus addiction plus exercise is another thing to do and um, and taking time for yourself so setting time aside one you know half an hour an hour a day to do something fun, something that makes you happy oh, and then silly TV right like Marvel and um supergirl and fresh off the boat um blackish anything that's happy
0: <laughs> and there's there's so many ways to recharge that's why I love asking entrepreneurs because. There's no right answer. It's just everyone has their own thing, but I, I find it fascinating to hear what everyone <laughs> has, and whatever it may be, it's like, oh, okay. Some, some maybe you know, Zen and and doing yoga every day. So maybe yes. doing very hard training. Like one person I talked to recently, because they're uh, they, they run a health and fitness like company, and they're doing extremely like hard training, like <laughs> uh, Ironmans and stuff. I'm like that's one way to go. Yes. Uh, and then yeah, you have, everyone has their own story, but I think it's important that you find something, because this startup journey, uh, even though there's a lot of obviously passion and excitement in it, uh, it can be a lot to handle, Um, you know, running a company and having the obligations of it. And you also have a family as well. So I think it's important to find something to recharge. And uh, lastly, Dr. Sophia, is there any other uh, advice, takeaways, lessons you want to share with other entrepreneurs out there as well?
1: I think it's important to build your support team and one is within your team yourself, but two, amongst other entrepreneurs so that you could commiserate or <laughs> share tips like, I found this great SEO person. I found this great um, graphic designer. You know, I found this great podcast host that's just amazing and I love his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just go grind. And yes. and Jason Calacanis is group as well. And yeah. I found these great investors. So h- building that network and that would be my advice. Um, also always get everything in writing and also <laughs> realize that whoever you start this with, founders, co-founders, um, investors, you know, you may hope to turn it around in two years or five years, but it might be a five or 10 year relationship. So this is my work family. And and I consider it a family that I treat my customers and my, my team the way I would treat my family, which may not be the nicest thing. So I may need to work on that and treat them nicer. <laughs> <laughs> my family can attest to that. My brothers.
0: I love that you bring up the the point of uh, of finding that community and the support, and that's actually something that I haven't announced officially yet, but I'm going to be building a community, essentially, of of, of founders. Yeah, and it'll be free, completely free for people. So um, that I'm excited to launch. Probably at community.justgogrind.com. Technically, it's already live, uh, but people don't know because I haven't said yet. Um, (laughs) But but That will go live uh, probably by the time this is... Now I have to because it'll be on this episode. Um, (laughs) So that'll be live for people as well if you want to check that out. It'll be a community of of different founders, potentially some investors I know as well who want to contribute to help out. But I think it's such a need for people and it's kind of almost like I look at things as it's a disservice if I have this many founders in my network that I'm not connecting them to each other or at least giving them that opportunity uh, as well as people who maybe want to ask a few questions. And so that's why I want to put that out there as well. And Dr. Sophia, where can people go to learn more about Pandia Health and connect with you as well if they would like to?
1: Absolutely. Thank you for doing that. I love that you're you know, paying it forward and sharing what you have to share. And that's the kind of people I love. And that's the kind of person that I am. That if I can help you in any way, absolutely reach out. I'm here to help. I'm here to answer any questions about birth control, periods, optional, or as I like to say, everything, V. And <laughs> um, you can find us at pandiahealth.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Insta. We're on TikTok. We're on YouTube. Any questions, anytime about birth control, hit us up. Of course, we prefer if you're one of our customers, so we're not just answering questions for other people. And we hope that you will spread the word about the only women-founded, women-led, the only doctor-led company in birth control delivery.
0: Love it. And thank you so much for what you're doing and for coming on the show, Dr. Sophia.
1: Thank you for doing this.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen.